My mother has, um, you know, like when you wash a window? She has one of those in the shower. Is that, yeah? Yeah, they're really good. It's like a little tiny one. Because hard water will leave mineral deposits behind, and then it's mineral deposits that leave that kind of cloudy, kind of like on the surface. So if you have one of those, it'll take the water off. Yeah, I thought she was absolutely mad when she made me use it the first time. I know, it but does feel weird, doesn't it? You're it like, does I should have weird. clothes on for this. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Marr. We have something a little bit different for you this week. We left the studio, we went out, and we actually hosted an event in Smock Alley Theatre just last week with Laura DeBarra. And it was to do with the launch of her book, which is called Gaff Goddess. It was such an incredible evening. We actually had two sold-out shows talking all about uh, the book. It's an incredible book if you haven't seen it. It's simple tips and tricks to help you run your home. So the event was live we had a live audience in-house as well and we wanted to share that with you so have a listen oh my god look at that I'm they... actually fucking mortified but thank you so much so they 100% did not welcome me onto stage like that but that's absolutely fine Laura DeBarra thank you so much for sitting down and talking to us Hi. big day today it is I'm actually shook now so bear with me so, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're here to talk about gaff goddess before we get into the book can we go back a little bit and talk about how you got into DIY in general? Was it something that you wanted to do when you were a kid growing up? I don't think I ever thought about doing DIY back then. But <laughs> Specifically? I, yeah, wasn't in my eyeline. But um, I always wanted to work in fashion, I think. I always loved clothes and making and repairing and, you know, like turning something into something else. And that's what I did as my degree. But then I um, was working in London for years and fashion's changed now, hasn't it? It's going to come back around, but yeah. it had started getting really too fast. And the kind of like love and the passion for creating something that was going to end up in the bin after one wear kind of stopped. So I moved out of it into what I do now instead. And you are property developer a property portfolio developer property I think sometimes portfolio. property developer has a negative connotation only because yeah. like I've only just discovered this on the journey right. usually someone who flips and who's a developer is someone who is doing it to get something over or like do something not to its full potential right. in a bid to make more money from what they have so I like to say zhuzher oh. and also just because people who are property developers as well are like I'm a property developer. And I'm like, well, I'm a judge, bitch. You know what I mean? And I think as well, like, it's... I make the most of what's there. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's kind of thought that in property, you just have to start again, and yeah. you don't, basically. So, obviously, with your job... Mm -hmm as a judge, which we will say now forevermore, um, did that kind of lead you into the, the path of creating Gaff Goddess? It did. I think, like, my boss, who I worked for in fashion, had offered me to come back to work with him as a stager. And when I was doing staging, I was like, why are you paying someone 80 quid to do this? Why am I waiting four days for this? I can do this myself. But I didn't tell him for, like, six months because, like, Air was terrified that I wasn't supposed to be doing it. <laughs> meet my boss and like you know he but he thought it was the funniest thing ever like and as I was explaining like this is why I'm doing it like it's always the same problems like tenants are always ringing with the same stuff like Shane is here he knows that like every sash day when I'm like another light bulb another under the sink leak another like as in it's literally like the same problems I was like I need to put this together even just to send to tenants so that they like I was writing it up in blocks and then I started making like a little book for friends that were moving house 
And then Fiona, who's like my editor, who's like, inc like incredible, mm. got in touch and was like, would you write a book? Yeah. And I started putting a book together because I was like, where is the manual for people like me? You know, like, I don't want to read a pink book. Yeah. You know, I also don't want to read a boring book. Like, where's the chic one? Like, yeah. Where's the fun one? So it was literally the fact that you were kind of going through it and, and knowing it yourself that you actually just wanted to impart that wisdom. Yeah. Which is a very natural progression for any book, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. For me, it was important because I am not very good at writing. Like, and a book as well, I mean... Do you know, so I... Lorsh, it's right there. I know. It's, it's great. actually it's grand. Fiona's really good at grammar and editing, all of that kind of stuff. So, like, it is, it reads well. Um, but I think, like, it was uh, definitely a, a, such a passionate project, you know, mm -hmm. like, and I think, like, it was, it was more that I was reading, like, the information's out there. It's out there for any of us to get, but it's just so fucking boring. It's not like fun to read or like fun to learn from. Instead, you're like, wait, I've got to do this. Okay, I've got to do this. And there's no one being like, don't worry. Yeah. Like if I go to a makeup counter and I'm like, I want a new bronzer. Like she'll talk to me or he'll talk to me about like, you'll do this and you'll do that. I wanted that tone of voice in a DIY manual, yeah. you know, so that someone's like, you'll be grand. Don't do this move. Don't do this mm. and just follow these. And here's an illustration of the most difficult bits like, I couldn't find that anywhere, you know? Yeah. Or that wasn't, like, the stick men in the Ikea pamphlets. Yeah. a man, like, I just pointing. I can't even figure that out. Yeah, it's I'm always just this. just looking at them, yeah. And I'm like, I get, like, I'm building the fucking thing. Like, I understand what it looks like. Yeah. How is this? It's like they've hired a company to be like, can you just throw an illustration on this? Like, yeah. even if you, look, if you look at any illustrated DIY thing, most of the time you're like, no, I know, like... I know it's a tap, yeah. and it's just an illustration of a tap. It's like, I want to know what it looks like when I open the tap, you know? I mean, in terms of your illustrations as well, very key to point out that, of course, Laura has done all of the illustrations that's in her book. I feel like when it comes to a DIY manual, I've never seen anything that has been so filled with creativity. Like, you can kind of feel that come out of the book. Um, so just tell us about how you got into kind of illustrating in the first place as well and how you brought it to the book. Well, at uni, we had an illustration class, which was my weakest class. So, like, they would always be like, you're great, but you can't draw. Like, and I'd That's always... so harsh. Oh, oh, my God. You know what they say in the army, they break you down to build you back up. At right. fashion university, <laughs> they murder you. They bring you back <laughs> to life, and then they create who you are, kind of a thing. But, um, so I was always, like... I, so I stopped drawing for ages mm. and then I started drawing again and I started to love it and develop my style and stuff. And I think at work, I was naturally just like writing down scribbles to be like, oh, that's what it looks like. So I'll remember for next time. And then I thought it was so important for this one to look fun. Yeah. You know, like I was, I think we consume so much content. In, like I read books that I want to read in magazines and TV shows, Real Housewives and all that kind of stuff. But like, where was the DIY book that was in the same thread? Yeah. You know, I don't have to change my style just to learn about my house. Absolutely. When it comes to actually the book and how you wrote it, you, mm. you mentioned Shane was here earlier. Um, so um, <laughs> how difficult is it to write a book? I mean, it feels so like it's really, really difficult, is it? It's like, Fiona, honestly, like... <laughs> Like, there's 11 chapters in this, right? Incredible chapters. There's so much information in it. But, I mean, the actual day-to-day, -day, talk us through that a little bit. I think because I was dying to get it out there and, like, 
writing with like Penguin, they really got the message I wanted. So even when I was even feeling a bit like, they were like, no, this is going to be amazing. And like, shame was great. Sorry, I know you didn't want anyone to point you out, but there we go. Like straight out the gate. He's actually mortified. <laughs> Just started. And um, so he was so supportive as well. Like, yeah. And so that side, like the motivation side was fine. But I had like a million things I wanted to put into it at the beginning. You know, like I've got all these tips, but then it was when it clicked with me to be like, this needs to be tips that are realistically going to come up in everyone's life. And tips, at the start of it, I try and like teach what, let's say it's about a dishwasher, how a dishwasher works, what the cycle of the dishwasher is, and then a couple of troubleshooting. But I know that that person's gonna walk away and they're gonna be able to, if it's a problem I haven't covered, they're gonna be like, well, I know what happens in the rinse cycle. Yeah. So I know that's what's wrong. So that's what I wanted it to be like, you know? Yeah. So I think when I started writing it at the start, I was like, fuck like and then it just started slowly being like this is going to be fab and then I started being able to edit it in a point of view like as in like editing it down before it got properly edited <laughs> um to like be key things you know I wanted everything to to be important in yeah. it yeah I feel it's really interesting because I think when you say DIY, you, th you think of a certain amount of things. Mm -hmm. You think about, like you said, you know, maybe a, a broken light bulb or a plumbing issue and stuff like that. You talk about the utopian kind of functioning of a home and how important that is. So you almost are bringing in more elements to it than I've ever actually seen when it comes to the IKEA manuals or the <laughs> DIY manuals that I've seen before. So how important was it for you to kind of bring in those extra elements to the functionality of a home as well as the DIY aspect? For me, like, it's super important to see the both of those things marry because I think it's not about, like, DIY as a Sunday project, you yeah. know, that's typically, like, men doing a DIY project. Like, first of all, not all men want to do a DIY project. And also, like, it's this DIY and repairing and mending and being aware of your home should just be something that just is flowing as well as setting up your home for you. Yeah. So I felt like the book is, like, how to live well within your home and that has DIY kind of like parts to it, setting up where your furniture is, setting a vibe because not everyone wants to live the same, mm. you know, like not everyone, I don't want to work out in my house, I don't want to work out at all and some people it's really important to be able to like kick out a yoga mat, to be able to work out, like you've got to think of your day and I really wanted to put that in because it's all well and good saying, like, this is how you fix everything, but what if you haven't set your home up into a flow, you yeah. know? That's really important. It's all about, like, like most people rent or they're living in a house and they have a, a budget, you know? Mm. Like, we're not like the people on the TV and home shows, you yeah. know, where it's like, we've only got three million to spend. <laughs> if we go over by 500, it's fine. I always think that in those shows. Not always. Why, are like, we, why do we do it? Our budget is 500,000. I'm like, grand, like, yeah. you're fine. And I'm Get sitting there in the store. rented house going, yeah. Look at our couch. And I'm like judging this person. Like, yeah. it's just, it's crazy. We're There's... going over budget, over your half a million yeah. budget. Like, shut up. Yeah. And then he's like, it. the window wasn't quite big enough to see the lake. And I'm like, <laughs> sitting in Hackney, like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, you know, they should have thought about that. I think it is, there is that weird thing about interior where, like, we're watching from the outside in. Why aren't we thinking of our interior? about ourselves like yeah. why aren't we thinking about ourselves in our interior why is it based on how it looks to other people and perfection like we should be like I know what's going on in my house and I can handle it yeah. you know that was important for me and that like I see 
a really weird amount of houses a week. I, sometimes I can see 20, 25 houses in a week, right? Like, it, could, it sounds so great at the beginning, but, like, by house 18, you're just like, I've got it. You know what I mean? It's fine. And, like, some people have really decorated houses, and other people, their decor is a lynx can. You know, when you start, like, literally, that's the only ornament in the house. And I think you start to see people have set their houses up you can see a really well set up home yeah. for someone's lifestyle. And it doesn't mean that it's pretty or, or you can put it on Instagram straight away. Yeah. You can just see that someone lives well there for themselves, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of touch on that in the book as well. It is about, um, and you call it zoning, and that makes perfect sense when you say it. I didn't know what that was before. But it, but it is one of those things. It's about the way that you move through a home and how it can benefit you mm -hmm. in your life essentially um I feel like what what's the phrase that they say it's like um clean house clean clear and clean house is a clean mind or a messy house is a messy mind yeah something yeah. like that but I don't actually believe in that at all but I do think that like if you're going to be messy that's fine as well but yeah. the zoning element really spoke to me because it was about how it makes you feel mm -hmm. so talk to us through kind of how you discovered what zoning was in general and how you wanted to kind of get that into the book I think I've always lived in, I've never lived in like luxury, do you know, that kind of way. Like growing up, we wouldn't have had everything we wanted all the time. When I was renting as a student in Edinburgh, like I was such a draft, my hair used to move when I was lying in bed, right? <laughs> you know, like I wasn't exactly living in like a palace. So I always made the most of what I had in a living space. Yeah. So like I would always be moving things around to be like, I actually have a study, you know, whereas I would just have <laughs> a small room with a desk in it and, it, and my bed. And I loved that idea of creating these little areas. And I've always done it where I've lived. I've tried, and like in when I was rent, like renting in London, um, when I was living in a big flat chair, I had to do my illustration like sideline job and my other job, and my bed was in the room. And I loved the zones there. So then when I started at work, I had to create spaces for people to want to pay a really good rental price so that my boss was happy. Mm. But I also, my boss is telling me the tenant has to be really happy. And in that way, I think someone has to be able to walk in and not think, I'm in a kitchen with a couch. You know, they can think like, I'm cooking, I'm lounging. You know, I'm doing this, like that. And zones, I think, are really important. I like to sit with my back to where I'm working. Yeah. You know, like that you kind of turn your back to things and you create, like, we did it recently in my mum's house and she was like, it was just so touching. She was like, I sat there every night and read and I always think I want some time to read, but we've created the zone where I feel like I've got a reading zone now. Yeah. And I was just like, this is actually brilliant. Like, so you've got to set a zone up for what you really want. Like, if you are thinking about something in the future, like, let's say I did decide I wanted to get really healthy and fit. Right? I will, though. We're getting married in the summer. I'm going to have to, the pressure. And, um, <laughs> and I would then set up something in my house that's really easy to access, you know, like, that... And that's what it's about. It's like not just, like it's like setting up a zone for what you want and yeah. what you want to achieve in your day. I want to feel relaxed. I'm not going to climb over all my stuff. Yeah. I want to be able to watch TV. Love Island's on this month. You know what I mean? My couch is a focus. Yeah. So zoning for me is super important. And it's not about square footage. You don't no. have to be Kylie Jenner in order to have zones I in mean, your house. No. No. And even then, look at her square footage and it looks terrible. <laughs> you know, I mean the tea it so like it's kind of like you can have a smaller space but it's your space mm. and that's it's the ownership I think are not a lot of our 
parents in, especially in Ireland, I know in places like Holland and stuff, it's different, people do long-term rentals. We would be the first generation who's really like, we're renting longer than anyone else. Yeah. We need to start setting a tone for how we own our space. Mm. We're not moving into our first time buys after wedding, waving everyone off, unboxing all our presents. Oh my God, I can't believe I live with a boy. Like we're literally like moving out older. We're into our like late 30s and 40s in our yeah. first buys. And we need to start like setting them up more. You know what I mean? There's mm. not going to be that magic moment where we own a house and it's all going to be perfect we're living in a different reality now yeah I feel like um kind of getting to know you and reading the book and stuff like that you project like just a huge amount of confidence and especially when it comes to talking about DIY and SHIY and all this kind of stuff I mean like what would you say to people who don't feel as confident as, as you do when it when it comes to this kind of stuff who maybe haven't made it to those realizations as much firstly you'd say by the book but secondly like what would you say about things like that I think the stance that I'm at is like I've done things I failed at them I've broken things I've had to call people for help and the confidence kind of comes from having a bit more under my belt shiy wise but there are times I have to bluff my confidence, you know, like I have to say, no, I can totally do this. And I think if you're kind of faltering a bit, like you've got to remember, you'll, even if you fuck up, you're going to learn from that mess, that there's good, that mistake. Like I, like I said earlier, like a sailor never learns in a calm sea. Yeah. So you've got to have some choppy seas and you'll learn. And I think like, I've been through like times where I've just been like, are you fucking serious? Whoever's up there, like, how has this happened again? But you learn something and it's, I think if you're not, it's the confidence is more feeling relaxed with knowing that something could happen and I'll be grand if it happens yeah. rather than I'm really good at this. Mm. Like I still mess up all the time at work, but I have a belief that I'm going to be fine even if I mess up. And the messing up isn't embarrassing. The messing up is another learning curve, you know? Yeah. It's not like mortifying to do something wrong. Like it's more that I'm just like, I'll handle it. Yeah. You know, I'll probably cry, but I'll handle it. <laughs> It's a great attitude to have. I suppose in terms of the, like we mentioned earlier, there's 11 chapters in the book. Um, did you find it hard to collate this? Because obviously you have a massive amount of knowledge when it comes to this. Uh, how did you choose what went in and what maybe didn't make it? I think like if I had like put in everything, it, would have, it wouldn't have like applied to everybody. Right. And I wanted it to... Apply, I wanted it to make people think, you know, like, so there are the things that everyone should know. Mainly there's the things that I always get called about that cost people the most money, the, the easiest fixes. So these are the people who call, just call you up oh, and I ask I, you constantly. This is the problem with writing a DIY book, though, Laura. No, but tenants... It's going to happen. I had a guy who literally peed in the dark for six months. <laughs> had a really good job. One of our tenants, like I literally remember when I got through his, like the, they give you a reference. I was like, oh, like who is this with this earning this and what do they do? And then Googling what the profession was being like, how do you earn that much money from doing that? Oh my God, oh my God. Peed in the dark for six months. <laughs> but couldn't, couldn't change a light bulb. Okay. But <laughs> light bulb. I like sorry. I was just like, well, like why? Because we were checking out something else. And it was like, I was too embarrassed to call. Like I should know this. Mm. And I was like, there's no shame in that. Like when, where in school were we thought to change like this GU10 hanging out of your ceiling? It's a like really valid point. You I was know, never taught that. But our parents, my mum didn't grow up with down lights and spotlights and LED and, you know, they had a bulb that's now extinct because it's actually so bad for the environment. You know what I mean? <laughs> that she still thinks it's fine. But like, I think... <laughs> 
I think like that's what it is. It's that we just didn't learn, you know. So I wanted to put things like that in to kind of be like, calm down. We don't have to admit to anyone that we don't know this. Yeah. You learn those basics. And then there's other stuff for like emergencies. And then there's stuff that like leaks under the kitchen sink. I've seen it lead to so much damage that's been unnecessary from just a tiny leak under the sink. So it's stuff like that. I wanted to put stuff in that was going to save people stress and money. If I had this at the start of when I started working, like I always say it to Shane, I'm like, if I had had that fucking book when I started working, <laughs> like I would have, I'd probably, I will probably live 10 years longer. Like yeah. as in, it's just, it takes the stress out of stuff. It is really practical as well. That's mm. what I love about it as well. And there are the moments in the book when Laura says, call a professional because mm. sometimes mm. it's to do with electricity and yeah. we don't need to... Or gas or like, and like I was saying in the last talk, like it's not calling someone because you failed, it's project management. So like if anyone's like, oh, you had to call a plumber, I was project managing. <laughs> you know, like I was overseeing a contractor. Like it's not that you can't do it. It's yeah. like you know when to step back and call someone in. And it's not like that you can't do it, you know? Absolutely. Everyone has limits. And when that person does come in, ask loads of questions. Yeah. You know, why are you doing this? Mm. Why are you do like, can you, can I do this? Can I do this? Whatever. And they'll talk you it through with you, you know? Yeah. Like I just think that like you have to know when you're going to basically die if you stick your hand into something, so you've got to be careful. <laughs> Speaking of dying when you stick your hands into things, uh, there is a section called Oops, which is about mishaps. Uh, and I suppose I really kind of gravitated towards that um, just because of my own personal mistakes that I've made. Um, but what I loved about it was that you were very open about the fact that, look, this happens mm -hmm. and people make mistakes and it doesn't mean that you have to completely lose all your confidence and run away from it. So, I mean, talk us through that a little bit, and can you maybe tell us about any massive mistakes that you have made to make me feel better? Do we have time? <laughs> I mean, I've done, I've done loads. Oops was like, came about from like, I want it to be a chapter that people would probably read in advance. I hope they get to read it in advance of when something actually goes wrong, so that they can kind of be like, wait, I know how to fix this, yeah. or I know what I need to have on hand, and I do knock wine over all the time. Now I know how to, you know, like clean it up or whatever or what to have on hand but like at work I've had there's just like the oops chapter is literally for stuff at work there's like last minute like I've done I've probably done it more times than is necessary and I like Shane will attest to this I have staged everything everything's done and I've knocked over coffee all over the all, like one time I did it wall furniture carpet no um, and I was just like, even to the photographer, I was like, can you Photoshop that out? <laughs> and then he was like, I can do anything you want. I was like, sure. And then I had to like clean that out. But if I had set that stain and I didn't know how to, how to deal with the tannin stain, yeah. then the people would have been moving. You know what I mean? It's like the, I've knocked holes in walls. I've put on furniture backwards. Like, it's just, you've got to realize where you went wrong and then you go back over it slowly and you're fine, you know? Yeah. But the, God, I've made some serious mistakes. Like, but like, it's, that's what it's all about. Like, if I was doing everything right, I wouldn't be learning at all. Yeah. I'd be lucky, but I wouldn't be learning. Absolutely. Mm. But the key thing is, is if you can read the oops chapter yeah. first. Like, as <laughs> flick through it. It will save yeah. you. Let your subconscious read the oops chapter. So you can, it can just start storing like, oh my God, there's, a like, there's this, there's that. And then it'll just pop out when something happens. Yeah. I wish you'd written this a year ago. Oh, same, um, same. <laughs> I want to talk about um, a chapter in the book that maybe you really identified with and what was your favorite to A, kind of put together and B, what you find is the most useful to you in your life. I think 
the everyone already know this the one that I loved writing was the dishwasher <laughs> I was just like living for it but the chapter that I was like probably most nervous about presenting like back and like telling people that I would like about was the like she's home chapter about how your home should be for you because it's something I don't ever get to talk to people about mm. you know like how I think the psychology of the home is and like how I feel and we should be in the home or how we can set up the home and it's nervous because it's a really new concept to a lot of people and oh my god I poured my heart and soul into that chapter yeah. like I it's like it's one that's really kind of dear to me and I, I had sent it to my mum during editing and she had set up a few bits of it and my mum has like set up many a home in her time like she's a pro like she is really good at this and she's also my biggest critic so like I knew she'd come back and be like oh it's nice you know but I prefer the tool chapter and <laughs> instead she was like oh my god like I, she sent me pictures and she had started doing some bits and I had sent it to Fiona being like my mum's done this all, like already and like for when I realized it like like struck a chord with someone who lives a completely different lifestyle to me like I rent in a flat in London mm. this is someone who's living in a house in Cork who all the children have left and it was struck a chord with her I just thought it gave me that little go for it with that chapter like yeah. put everything in that you think so that's one that I think I would like pour a glass of wine I'd curl up and I'd read it or like if you're having a shit day and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? It's one to read and just be like, hang on a second. If anything, I have my space. Even if you're not in an entire flat, even within a, your room that you're renting, or if you're like living at home and you just have your room, it's like, I'm going to set this shit up to just make me feel like I'm, you know, like in charge, you yeah. know, and help me thrive. Absolutely. You, you speak about like, you know, when you talk about the home, it, it really kind of makes me feel a little bit more centered and how it would be great to be that calm. Um, but what would you say to people that in this day and age, we are really bombarded mm -hmm. by lots of different information. So whether it's interiors, whether it's DIY, you know, there's always somebody telling us a different way to do something. And that can be quite overwhelming if we're not experts and if we haven't, mm -hmm. you know, worked in this industry before. But at the same time, we all, live in home, so we all kind of want to get a grip on it. Um, what would you say about that in terms of people that might be a little bit overwhelmed by the prospect of DIY, DIY? And like where to start? Like where to start? I think like the main thing is what we don't do anymore is go slow. Like this isn't Instagram, it's real life, it's your home. Like it doesn't need to be something instant. Yeah. Like go slow and even just make a list of what you want to achieve within your space you know like it doesn't have you don't have to own a three-bedroom house you know you literally like I said you could just be renting a room how do you want this space to operate and then if you say like I'm and it's you know like I want to repair things start making a list of the repairs there's a full list in the book where you can go around the entire space and take lists of everything you know like mm. start there and like it's going to give you like a sense of purpose within the house to then like show you where to go next, you know? Yeah. Don't think, don't be scared of it, you know? Because you might say like, oh, I just wanna make sure that everything's okay in the house, might be one of your list. Well, there's a way to do that. I wanna feel more relaxed in the home, there's a way to do that. Yeah. I fucking hate my landlord's taste. There's a way to get around that, you know what I mean? There's like, I have a chapter in there as well on like how to decorate when you can't do anything because mm. you're in a rental contract, you know? That's Which, the thing. Yeah, and you can't even hang things on the wall and stuff. It's like, how do I get, not only my personality across, but like, how do I get value for money? Like, we're yeah. so into value for money. We spend loads of our rental check 
renting a room, yeah. yet we're sitting there like, oh, Magnolia, like leather couch. Oh, Magnolia. Know? Oh, I mean. Yeah. So I think there's ways around it. There's ways to, like I always say, lean into the yes mm. in every space. Like at work, I try to ignore all the things I can't do, and I try to make the most of the things I'm allowed to do. Yeah. Like I would walk into some places at work, and I'm like, I wish it was burned to the ground. <laughs> and that's, but instead I have to say, I'm allowed to put furniture in. Yeah. I can paint it, but I'm allowed to do this and I'm allowed to do this and I make the most of the S's, you know? So think about what you can do in your space, you know? My budget's five pounds and I can add cushions, you know what I mean? Like that's literally a pause, more positive than all the no's you can do. Absolutely, I think in terms of like an attitude towards it as well, when it comes to being bombarded with things, I have frequently watched like eight to 10 hours of interior shows on Netflix, sitting there taking mm -hmm. notes and then done absolutely nothing. nothing. Like, Because yeah. it's so consuming to literally just watch them and say, oh my God, I'm definitely going to do that to my fireplace. It, I don't have never a fireplace. Do it, yeah. like, it <laughs> like it never happens. Yeah. But I mean, so I suppose in terms of the motivation to do these things, do you have any tips about that? Maybe don't watch eight hours of Netflix and actually just make a plan and do it. I watch about four hours of Real Housewives every single day. Like, <laughs> is it like, I'm building furniture and stuff. So like, I just, I have no, watch whatever you want. But I think it's more, again, if you tune into what you want your home to do for you, that's motivation enough. Yeah. You know, like if you're like, I want to be able to not be late for work every single day. Mm. How can I set my home up to do that? Like you're going to set up near where you sleep. You're going to have, make sure that everything's within reach. And when you get up in the morning, you have a clear path into the shower and you can go and make a coffee. And you, so I think that will be motivation. Your motivation should be yourself all the time, you know, because yeah. it's not like, and in fairness, if getting a picture of the space on Instagram is motivating you, go for it. Yeah. You know, if it's that I want to have friends over on Friday, so I want to have the house clean. Like it's like, but again, that all comes back to you. It's making you feel good should be your motivation, Absolutely, you know, yeah. rather than what other people think. In terms of um, some of the things that really jumped out to me as well, there was uh, a chapter that's dedicated to sustainability. It's called Eco Girl. Mm -hmm. And I really love that. That was actually one of my favorite chapters because sometimes I feel like with sustainability, it's, it's again, it's very much out there at the moment. There's a... a I mean, I suppose you could say a little bit of pressure when it comes yeah. to trying to do the right things. But this is about bringing sustainability to the home and really simple ways that you can do that and kind of feel like a better person, but it's not like, you know... Yeah, I, yeah. like the feeling that we all have about the pressure to be sustainable, imagine the feeling about putting a chapter in your book about sustainability. <laughs> I was so like, fair. I'm so fair. literally going to be like hung, drawn and quartered. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to be careful with it. Because it does I evolve. Yeah, yeah, it evolves so quickly. Um, rules change, legislation changes. Like I live in London, so you can imagine what happens after the whole Brexit thing where like everything, like all these different things are always changing with like recycling or like they'll bring in a new light bulb and I didn't want to give information on things that would change and also I didn't want to give information on things that people already know yeah. you know so I wanted to put in things that are tiny little changes that you make every day that at the end of the year you're like I'm basically the most sustainable person I know with them <laughs> and then other people are like but do you recite everyone knows that you know what yeah. I mean do you reduce your heating by one degree yeah. you know what I mean like I save money I save the environment it's I didn't want people to think that I was going to be like sit in the cold no lights now for winter like you're not allowed to do this it's not that's not what sustainability is about sustainability is about switching your kind of like mind into knowing that like 
the world is relying on you to make the change mm. and the changes don't have to be that horrible. Yeah. If you really want to go for it more than each year, you can be like, I'll turn it down another degree. And another, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I wanted to put it in there to just say, like a focus on like how much water we use. And like you, you know, literally said, just take a shorter shower. Do you know, like that's not, it's not going to change, mm. well, Hopefully it will eventually change the world. But that doesn't sound like something that none of us can do. Exactly. You know? It's very simple. We could literally do it tomorrow. Yeah, and like pick a favourite song that you play in the shower and you get out by the end of the song. You know, yeah. it's like, it's just something... Oh, that's fast though. That's... Oh no, but it's Beyonce, check on it. You okay. will never wash your hair so quickly. <laughs> try it, please try it. And like, it's like, it's, it's those kind of changes. And like, I think like, like a lot of rental properties I've been in, I'm like, I'm freezing. Shane's literally like, oh, please don't say it again. I'm always cold. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm freezing. But there's ways to make your home warmer without turning on your heating. Yeah. And I've included that as well. You know what I mean? It's like going around and where are the drafts? Like, yeah. what's making me cold? You know what I mean? And those things are important in the eco chapter because it's, again, helping you take control rather than just consuming more of things to make yourself feel better. You know? Absolutely, yeah. And it's, it's really practical ways as well. Like, definitely a favourite for me. We're going to get on to um, questions really soon so uh, everybody kind of have a little think but just before we get to questions I just want to ask you about the uninvited guests chapter love. just real quick because if you could just tell me I about love this <laughs> so Fiona edited this chapter and messaged me and said my skin is crawling if you, after one of them like if you could literally just tell me about mice moths and mold in whatever variation of that you want to but basically how can we make sure that they stay out of our gaff so the full detail is in the book, but yes, of course. what you've got to learn is how they each one of those things operates and how each one of those things thrives, right? Mm. So like, I'm not gonna like if I was to go in and say repel it with this, repel it with that. No, what like so moths? The actual moths don't eat your. The, I'm gonna give you a teaser for the book, right? The yeah, the actual moths don't eat your garments, right? Moths don't have mouths. They operate through straw, like they're like little straws within their little bodies. And um, it's so, so gross. Like honestly, it is gross. Like, it's I gross, read it. it's but gross, you will yeah. feel like the most empowered bitch after you read it. Yes. You're gonna be like the next dinner party I'm at. Someone's getting this knowledge. <laughs> like so, it's actually their larvae that they drop onto your nice outfits. Larvae. And then to grow, they like eat down on your nicest cami, and then they grow into a moth. And it's like, well, how do you stop? all these different stages like mice are coming in to eat like how do you stop that how do you cleanse surfaces that will repel so the mouse is like I am not walking on that and then when it comes to mold <laughs> like there's mold spores everywhere right now it's how the world works it's yeah. like why is that mold settling on that surface going I'm living there's enough moisture I can eat here I'm going to camp here I'm going to thrive like what how can you get involved yeah it's like what's your involvement in the circle of these things lives and that's how that chapter operates instead of just saying here's all the solutions like we're shiy sisters like as in we need to know why and then we're going to be able to tackle it absolutely yeah i mean it is it is hard to read but also riveting i have to say and it's I, funny I did learn it's not that lot. bad no it's not it's not that bad at all. it was the larva thing that did kind of catch me a little bit i was just like going through my wardrobe i was like where are you i know where are you larva? but then it tells you what to do to like figure it out yeah it's, and if it does happen chill you'll be grand yeah chill, you know chill, chill, chill. yeah, yeah. I just asked Laura about a colour up. Um, okay, so we're going to move on to some questions. So does anybody have any questions for Laura when it comes to DIY? I'm going to come and give you the mic, and I don't want you to freak out about it, but it's just we want everybody to hear, we want everybody to listen. So any questions? Please. 
Any questions? Oh, there's yes. loads. There's loads. Here we go. Okay. Um, for um, we're looking to get a house, and the houses we can afford are quite small. Mm -hmm. um, for storage, um, a lot of the room is taken up with um, well, your day-to-day -day things. For storage, what are the best tips um, within a small space? So I always think because I think we're all faced with that, aren't we? Like, as in, like it's a small. You're moving in somewhere, but you have everything that you need is there and needs to be stored. I think any furniture that doubles up, like we were talking about, like ottomans and things like that, in between the shows, are fab. Anything that can be purposeful, like the top is purposeful, purposeful, and then there's something underneath is amazing. Like I think they're great. I think hanging storage is amazing, like on doors. And like as Shane always says, doors aren't designed for things to be hung off. Shane. <laughs> Like literally, what literally, and I'm like, and I'm, but you, a certain amount, like in bathrooms, if you can put a lighter weight, like be careful with that. But I do think people don't use the walls enough at all. If you own it as well, you might be able to do a few more, you know, shelving and things like that. But I think like, especially in hallways, when it's not a new build, they might be a bit wider and you could just put like shelving all the way down a hallway that suddenly becomes like a walkthrough library where you can put all your books. I think you've got to think of like walls that are not used to lean on a furniture against are key for storage as well. And then doubling up with furniture. That's such Thanks. a good. That's such a good answer. I'm like, is it? Oh my god, my I nerves. Want a, I'm like, I want a wall library in my car. <laughs> was there another one here? A question here? Okay, I actually have the most boring question of all times, but mildew. Is there any way to get rid of it? I spent an hour and a half this morning at 6am watching an infomercial with my four-year-old where they had one of those steam cleaners and I actually had my credit card out to buy it and then I said, no, pause, I'm seeing Laura tonight. Oh, where, where's the mildew? In the shower, in, you know, between so tiles. is this like on all the grout? Yes. And it's like, um, almost like a spotting mould, basically. Yeah, exactly. And I the house isn't that old, like it's pretty new, like four or five years. We're not judging the house, old. don't worry, don't worry. There's mould in every house. Okay. okay. We've all got to own it now. Like that, yeah. the, there's more moisture in the, the entire tree. planet because there's more of us, you know what I mean? So I think like what you've, what you've got to do basically is it settles on surfaces where it's allowed to have time to settle on. And you just need to make sure that you're washing down that surface as often as possible because it's actually shampoo and soap and stuff and soap scum like that that it actually Don't clings to. Don't humiliate me, Laura. Huh? <laughs> What? Don't humiliate me. No, <laughs> but I listen. I but I am the one. Very, like, look at the fake tan I wear. Uh, there's product all over my bathroom, like all over it. And I think it's like we don't even realize it that it's like you're shampooing and you're spraying shampoo in places. And that's actually afterwards when everything dries, it's got a longer drying time. So then that is attracting the mold spores because mold spores and mildew and everything can thrive off that soap scum. So even if it's just taking the shower off and washing it down, there's less soap. Soaps, water will dry quicker than soap and it will disappear. It'll evaporate. Whereas the soap will sit and it's like, come get me, like let's live together. So like even if you can just wash that off, not that like I, I'm not gonna scrub my shower every day, like no way. So like just give that a rinse down, even like every second day when you're doing all the all the way around, that will keep it at bay. You can get different like vinegar will kill mold spores completely. Like they will get it'll get rid of them. So you can have it in a spray bottle for like Saturday mornings or whatever when you're giving it a clean. But it is mainly just not giving the surface and environment where it's going to thrive and usually replacing something like, like that can be food for it with water just washing it off that water will dry quicker than the food thank you you're Brilliant. welcome thank and dm you. me if it keeps going we'll have a chat my mother has um you know like when you wash a window she has one of those in the shower 
Is that, yeah? Yeah, they're really good. It's like a little tiny one. Especially and if you've she got makes hard me do water. It, like. Yeah, because hard water will leave mineral deposits behind. And then it's mineral deposits that leave that kind of cloudy, yeah. like, surf, like, kind of like on the surface. So if you have one of those, it'll take the water off. Yeah, I thought she was absolutely mad when she made me use it the first time. I know, it but does feel weird, doesn't it? You're it like, does I should have clothes on for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Laura, I have clothes on when I do. I put a towel around. Oh, God, me. I'm still in the shower. I'm like, <laughs> Two jobs, one time, like my conditioner is setting. I'm like, I'm fine. Do we have a question here? Um, I'm just wondering when it comes to a toolkit, are there things you should invest in? Or are there things you can save on? What's good quality? I think the things that you will have for longer and use the most, like a screwdriver, those are things you should invest more money in because you're going to use them time and time again. If you're buying something for a one-off job, like I do think... Don't always go with the entry-level one, if, unless you are literally just wanting to turn something. I do think, like, for example, my drill that I use at work is not the most... Like, my uncle is a builder, and he is mortified at the drill I use. Like, he's always like, I've got to get you a good drill. And I'm like, it's fine. Like, when it wears out, I'll buy a good one and do the family proud. But Does it like, not just drill, though? Like, what's the... What's so the difference between a good drill and a bad drill? If you're drill? using a drill all the time, you should have a lightweight drill. It should have two battery packs. Like there's, It's basically that you can use it as efficiently as possible because you're using it all the time. Right, okay. Then you've got tools that aren't made out of stainless steel. You've got like a screwdriver that's got a magnetic top to it so it can like catch the screw if it drops. So if you're using something often, you'll notice a cheaper tool. Um, like hammers, for example, more expensive ones won't be two bits. They'll be one bit of metal mm. with a rubber grip on it. So it's if you're using it over and over again it's not going to break into two whereas if you're using the hammer twice a year to put up like an ikea picture frame you're grand like yeah. you know what i mean so it's kind of like how it's just like makeup right it's how often are you going to be using it or socks like how often you're going to be wearing them yeah. buy something good if you're going to be using it a lot it's a great question love that Thanks. oh here we go hi hello i have a drill related question hit me so i was speaking to a man today who was really patronising on the phone and he asked me a question and I lied and I said yes. So he asked me if I told him I had a drill. So it was for a nameplate for outside a business. No, 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 I do have a drill. I'm gagging for the I lie. Do, I can't I wait for the lie. <laughs> and um, he said, I can send someone out and it'll be 120 euro to put the nameplate up outside the building. And I said, oh, no, it's fine. I have a drill. And he said, oh, do you have a masonry bit? And I said, yes. And I don't know what a masonry bit is. <laughs> You'll need a masonry bit. It sounded like a dirty joke, though, didn't it? Um, basically, if you're doing it into a stone wall, I'm assuming, you just need a drill bit that matches the surface you're drilling into. Is the easiest way to describe it for, like, when I was learning about it, I was like, can everyone just fuck off with all this terminology? What's what? You know, like, so what I would do... You can even, if you, like, I would sometimes feel more comfortable going down to the DIY shop with my drill in case I make a mistake. And I'll say, look, this is the drill I have, and I'm drilling into a stone wall. What drill bit do I need? And he was only saying that to kind of like, I'm good on, yeah, I have it. You know what I mean? I mean, I'll figure it out. But, like, go down, and they'll give you the right drill bit. They'll make sure that the drill that you're using is going to match that. Like, I've literally taken pictures of walls I've drilled, drilled into, and I'm like, I know you can't tell the kind of wall it is. But they're able to tell what kind of wall it isn't by looking at the picture. They know it's not brick, for example. You know, so don't worry. You can still do this yourself. No, you're getting a drill bit that fits the wall. <laughs> right, we need a drill bit. 
doesn't matter. You probably need to use more power with it. But when you're in the DIY shop, they'll they'll literally say to you like, "You'll be fine." Like, but go to there. Like DIY shops love talking to people about it. You know what I mean? So you just say like, "Here's the wall. Here's what I'm want to drill in," and they'll probably give you another trick. They'll probably be like, "Oh, do this or do that." You know what I mean? But like, good on you doing it yourself anyway. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's literally going to be DIY shops around the country. People are just going to come in with pictures of walls going... And drills. Sorry, like, Laura DeBarra told me to just bring in a picture of a wall, so... Oh, you're welcome. Oh my this God. is exactly it. Send me a picture. Whenever. In terms of the patronising man on the phone, there's also a great section in the book, which is called The Little Black Book, which is all about maintaining good relationships with people who are obviously in the trade because we have to mm -hmm. deal with them sometimes, yeah. right? And I have great fun. Half the contractors I am, like have over, we follow each other on Instagram. You know what I mean? It's like they usually say they get t like taken into the property, maybe offered a cup of tea, and then they're left to it. Whereas like, I'll be like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, that looks good. Oh, this happened last week and blah, blah, blah. And building up a rapport like that then, afterwards then I'm able to say like look I know you're an electrician but I really need a plumber like birds of a feather flock together like who is your go-through plumber and then you know like it's building up and I think as well a lot of times when you're ringing up for services you're speaking to a sales-minded person who isn't necessarily being like oh this is a girl doing it they're just like I'm losing out on money by this person thinking they're doing it themselves so they'll often play on that you know what I mean and you don't have to think that you're less capable they just missed out on a sale but we shouldn't lie. <laughs> we can lie, but we can't drill into walls Look. without the correct drill bit. Better. So that is all the time that we have for now. But Laura DeBarra is going to be here and she's going to be signing books as well. So thank you so much for coming and for listening. Thank you. And can we get a big round of applause for Laura, please? So I have been brought back to studio now. Uh, they let me out kind of once every bi-week and, uh, and then they tell me to get back into studio. But it was really fun. Thank you so much to Laura DeBarra. Gaff Goddess is out now. It is in bookstores and you can also get it online as well. Thank you so much to Smock Alley Theatre for hosting us. Thank you as well to Penguin Books for setting it all up. So Laura, best of luck with the book. Uh, it was a pleasure and I will firmly stay away from the page. <laughs>